Broadcasting from AM and FM stations around the country. Welcome to the Small Business Administration award-winning School for Startups Radio, where we talk all things small business and entrepreneurship. Now, here is your host, the guy that believes anyone can be a successful entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is not about creativity, risk, or passion, Jim Beach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting edition of School for Startups Radio. It is... 10-4, good buddy. October 4th, my friend Doug's birthday. You've heard me talk about Doug. He was my co-founder at a business decades ago. Anyway, Doug, if you're listening, have a happy birthday. Got a great show for you today. First up from Israel, we have Nakam Kligman. He has built a product called Book Like a Boss. It competes with Calendilly, and they have a website called notcalendilly.com to Call out all of the comparisons. I am a Calendilly user, but boy, I love it when you go straight at your competitors with a notcalendilly.com website to just do it head on head to say, here's the benefits, here's what they have, here's what we have. And Knockman is just knocking it out of the ballpark in terms of execution. They've just done it absolutely perfectly. It is a very cool story. 60,000 users. After that, Robert Lee will be with us. He is based here in Atlanta and does a lot of politics or a lot of political websites and has a marketing agency that helps politicians get their word out and other clients as well. So not just uh, universally politics, but a very interesting story. We have a quite a long conversation and get into some passion and Uh, All sorts of the other topics that you know I am obsessed with, and it's a very impressive story. Anyone who can build a web agency and survive is doing something right, and to have a niche is just a great example. Riches in the niches, and Robert has certainly done that. So it's a great story, and I think you'll learn from it. We'll be right back to get started. We are back in again. Thank you so very much for being with us. Looking forward to introducing another great entrepreneur. Please welcome Nachman Klingman. He is calling in from Israel. We greatly appreciate that. And he is the CEO of a company called Book Like a Boss. It is an online scheduling and booking platform for small business owners, exactly us. He is a very sought after speaker and has presented at all sorts of events and conferences, has over 25 years of tech industry experience. Nakam, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. It is our pleasure, and I love your URL. Let's go ahead and tell people the URL. Again, the business is Book Like a Boss, and the URL is blab.co, Book Like a Boss, abbreviated, blab. That's hysterical. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I love that. All right, tell us about the, the platform. What does it do? 
So basically, I was trying to solve a pain point myself. I was a business coach helping startups get off, off the ground. Um, this is going back about six, six, seven years ago. And I had a podcast myself. I wrote a book. And my, uh, I kept getting emails and phone calls from people who wanted to take me out for a cup of coffee, buy me lunch. And when I said, you know, well, I charge my time. How much do you charge? I said $250 an hour. And then it was like, oh, well, what does that include? And there was a lot of wasted time back and forth. And I said, I wish there was a way that when someone says, hey, can I take you out for a cup of coffee? I could send them a link. And when they go to that link, they can not just see my calendar, because obviously there's a lot of scheduling apps out there. But there could be a video. There could be uh, frequently asked questions. There could be testimonials. Uh, and they could actually see the different services that I offer, how much I charge, and what I charge for. And then if they're serious, then they could book me and pay for it. And uh, again, nothing like that existed at the time. Still today, nothing really does what we do. Uh, and I decided to focus really on the easiness of being able to sell a service online. That, uh, you know, in less than an hour, you're going to have a website, mobile friendly, um, and start selling services, uh, you know, in less than an hour. Whoa, I, I, I didn't understand that last part. How is this relate? How is the scheduling related to a website within an hour? No, meaning that you could create a website. What we do is we don't just give you a scheduling tool. We give you a website, a one-page landing page that has your calendar in it, but also ah, ah. has other features and you can customize it. I so it's not like a blandly page. It's a, you know, it's, it, it's fully up to date with your name, your branding, your colors, your logo, your photos. Uh, so it's basically a selling tool. It gets you the booking even while you're sleeping. I love it. I love it. You know, one of my favorite or not favorite, least favorite things I should say. And my wife always gets so mad at me about this is that people call up and say, Hey, let's get together. Let's have lunch. And I'll, you know, say, okay. Cause I want to be nice and polite. And we go to a lunch right. or I tell my wife, I'm going to lunch today. And she says, well, what do you, what's the topic? What are you meeting for? And I'm like, ah, I'm not really sure. So many times people just want to get together and randomly explore, which I think is just such a waste of time. I'm not exactly. willing to get together and drive for a random exploration. You need to have Absolutely. a purpose when you get together for coffee. Damn it. <laughs> Absolutely. Problem? Oh yeah. All the time. And, and it, it's, as you said, you've had that problem. Many people have had that problem because you know, time is our most valuable assets. The one thing we can never get back once it's spent. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you just take a meeting, they could be asking you for money, they could be asking you for advice, they could be, you know, you don't know what it's for. That's why, you know, we built in, a, you know, obviously a questionnaire. So when someone's doing booking, you can ask them, what is the purpose of this meeting? And you can make it required. So they can't even book you unless they tell you why. But yeah, it's, it's very frustrating. And I always turn down uh, those type of meetings unless I know what it's about, as I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, well, my wife makes me do that. Uh, I learned from her. So and tell me more <laughs> about the video and the questions that you're able to answer. Sure. sure. Because, you uh, you know, with most calendar apps, if you get a link, um, you know, let's say the Calendly, and, and, and just to throw it out there, if you go to notcalendly.com, you'll see the differences between us and them. But you get a boring link. You don't know who the person is behind schedule and you may have questions before you actually meet with the person 
with Book Like a Boss, you're able to post your frequently asked questions. You know what most people that want to book you, what they're going to ask you. So here you nip it in the bud. You could post as many questions and answers as you want. You can post a video so that they can see a friendly face uh, and, 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 and learn about you even before they book you. It's basically everything that they would need to make a decision whether to book you or not. And it cuts down so much on, on wasted time, and it's a lot more professional. And charging or other platforms. Yeah, Calendly, you can charge off there, can't you? I think so. I think you could. Um, yeah, I mean, there's we have about, I think, last count, about 40 features that they don't have. But again, when we set out to create this, we this is, Book Like a Boss is not just for time-based uh, bookings. It's also for events. It's for um, uh, classes, sessions, but it's also for uh, anybody that sells a service that's not time-based. For example, a graphic designer that sells a local package, right? So you can use Book Like a Boss to sell that local package, um, which is not something you can do on Calendly or any other scheduling app because they're just scheduling. But there are, you know, millions of people out there that are selling services that are not calendar-based but still need an easy-to-use platform to do that. And that's another huge advantage uh, where we come in. I love it. I'm on that site now, not Calendly.com, and that's hysterical. <laughs> I love that, picking your competitor and blatantly comparing. Oh, wow, this is a great comparison chart here, too. Let's switch. Yeah, thank you. Let's switch discussions now. I understand the business and the need for it. How'd you build it? How did you get started? Did you have to raise money for it? Did you have the uh, programming happen? How'd you get your first customer? Give us a little entrepreneurial history lesson. Sure. It'd be my pleasure. So what happened was is when I came up with this idea and I realized the pain points, I went to a friend of mine who's a developer uh, and I'd worked with him previously on another project that unfortunately didn't go anywhere, but I saw how awesome he was. And so when I approached him with this, I said, Hey, this is the idea. If you want in, we'll be 50, 50 partners. And right off the bat, he loved it. And we started building it and we decided we bootstrapped and we've been bootstrapped, although, you know, we've been doing this for about seven years now. So we did raise some friends and family money over the last seven years. But uh, for the first year and a half, we didn't take any money from anyone. And it, it was painful at times, but, uh, you know, we, we, we totally believed in the project and what we were building. And uh, that's how we got started. So my friend, uh, my, my friend David, he's the CTO and my partner. And he, he takes care of all the technology needs. And I take care of uh, everything else on the other side. All right. And how did you sell the first customer how long did it take to build and then how did you transition into marketing yeah so it, it was a little bit of a frustrating process because it took a long time uh it took a year and a half from from the idea to we were able to launch so we came up with the idea at the end of may end of uh 2015 and we ended up really launching in june 2017 uh you you may be familiar with a company called AppSumo. And we launched first. Actually, first we we launched um, on a website that we thought we were going to do extremely well with. Uh, oh, what was the name of it? It was a forum of sorts. The name skips me now. It's, it, it was it used to be popular back in the nineties and the early two thousands, but it's not so popular anymore. Uh, but we launched in one in like a forum, and uh, I think we got one customer. <laughs> 
<laughs> which after after building it for a year and a half, and we, we were almost crying. Um, we didn't know what to do. And a couple of weeks later, we got introduced to AppSumo, and uh, AppSumo loved it. They helped us tweak it and tell you know to give us their ideas and what they thought um, would be beneficial for their for their list. Uh, and we built it out and we launched it AppSumo. And at the time, we were one of AppSumo's top selling products. We did uh, more than five thousand sales in a two week period. Wow, very impressive. That's yeah. A good rollout there. Absolutely. And, it was one of the best moves we did. Yeah. And this is a sticky product too. So, you know, the number one reason that people don't jump to you, I guess, is because we're already on Calendilly or something else and it's a pain in the ass to switch. How do you handle Absolutely. that situation? So, so for the right person, and we have, we've had hundreds of people that have left Calendly and joined us, uh, because we offer things that they don't like Calendly is all about promoting Calendly, right? Even on the, you know, on the paid service, you still have the Calendly name and the Calendly name in the link by us. If you want to keep your brand, right, you're able to use a custom domain and use your, your name or use your company name as part of the domain and brand it as if it's your own, uh, website or webpage or, or calendar system. So, you know, really in order to uh, get people to move over to you, you got to have features that people need that, uh, you know, Calendly doesn't offer. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, where we excel. We also excel in customer service. People say, you know, that they're willing to pay or switch because trying to get through somebody in such a large company is almost impossible to get their needs taken care of. We're, we're much more hands-on. I do customer service still to today. You know, it, it could be 2 in the morning. I wake up and, you know, I'll check customer service and, and, and try to take some of the tickets uh, as well, it's very important as an entrepreneur to be really in touch with your user base, understand their needs, understand their pain points. Uh, and that's something that I think will never end. And what kind of marketing on an ongoing basis do you do? Do you run ads or? What is no. So we, we, yeah, we, we, because we've been bootstrapped, we've never done any outbound marketing. Uh, everything has really been word of mouth. We have an, a fantastic affiliate program. Uh, you make money like a boss.com. And, uh, so we so our affiliates and just word of mouth. And also some of our plans have the powered by book, like a boss on the bottom of the webpage or, you know, in, in the emails that go out, the, the reminder emails that go out, et cetera. And people could pay that, to, you know, a little bit of a higher plan to have that removed, but a lot of people are happy to promote us and use it, especially the affiliates. So it's really been word of mouth, uh, till today. Well, congratulations. It's an amazing success story. How many employees or how many customers or how much money, uh, what kind of metric would you like to share to let us have an idea of how successful it's grown? Sure. Um, we've had, we have about, uh, I'd say 60,000, 65,000 users overall. Wow. Uh, not all of them paying them. A lot of them were on our free plan or a lot of them came in from AppSumo, which was a one-time uh, you know, you've paid one time use forever. Um, and, uh, what else can I tell you? Uh, what was the, what was how the many, other how metrics? many employees do you have? Oh, I mean, so we have, we're a team of, uh, of eight actually. Perfect. Wow, and really uh, in terms impressive. of, in terms of raising funds, we, we raised, uh, just about 1.1 million over, over seven years. 
we've also taken loans and paid them back. We've been very scrappy, very, you know, there's challenges, plus the minuses of being bootstrapped. And, you know, one of the minuses that you mentioned is we're not able to do outbound marketing, just never had a budget for it. Um, and plus things take longer when it comes to building. Uh, but, you know, just from past experience, this is something that my partner and I decided that we didn't want to take VC money. We didn't want to go that route. We wanted to uh, be bosses of our business. And uh, that's pretty much what we've been doing uh, since the beginning. Yeah, I agree with that. The ability to not have to worry about the VC and then sell when you want to and own 100%. Uh, I really think people should reconsider the venture route. Uh, Absolutely. I have nightmare stories. I, one of my previous startups, we took investor money. And uh, when there was a downturn in the markets uh, back in 2010, you know, they were, they were like, okay, listen, we know you can't raise money because of the downturn in the market. So we'll give you money to keep it going for another year, but we want 80% of the company. And, uh, you know, when you, when you start a company, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into it, and you just lose everything. You either have to fire your, all your employees and close the company, or you have to take a deal that pretty much, you know, sucks the life out of you. And um, I've been through that experience, and we said no more. As a matter of fact, my partner and I, when we launched Book Like a Boss, before we actually launched, uh, we, we met with a potential investor, and he was willing to give us $100,000 or 10% of the company. This is pre-revenue, pre-launch. Uh, he just loved the idea, loved what we're doing. And we're about to sign up on it. And he says, listen, but I, I want a board seat. And I said, well, we're not giving out board seats. <laughs> I said, he said, if you don't give me board seat, I'm not making an investment. I said, okay, have a nice day. And he left. He had a couple, he, he, he has a lot of regret now for, for, for not taking the deal. Uh, but we were very, you know, one of the things being about being an entrepreneur uh, and a serial entrepreneur is learning from the mistakes, learning from, uh, you know, from, from mistakes you made in the past. And we decided no matter what, we're not going to make those same mistakes. And so far it's, you know, of course it's challenges with any startup, with any business, but so far it's uh, worked out really well for us. Okay. I understand a lot of that, but why not give him a board seat? To me, that's not a, a big deal. Uh, if you uh, structure the board so that his vote means nothing, you know, I mean, put your wife on and your partner's wife and that now you have four <laughs> votes and he has one, uh, you know, I, why not give him a board seat? To me, that's an easy give. Yeah. I, I think because of the, the nightmare stories of when Steve jobs got voted out of his own company and happened with Uber, you know, you're, you're not get, you only give up 10%. He only gets 10% vote. Or hell, he gets zero percent vote because you have to be a founder to get a vote on our board. You know, I mean, right. you could structure the board so that the board's seat is useless. Yeah, I think he wanted he wanted power. He wanted voting rights based on his shares, also, okay. and also started a bad precedent. If the first investor we take gets a board seat for a hundred thousand dollars, well, if somebody puts in two hundred fifty thousand dollars or three hundred thousand dollars, what are, you know, what are they to ask for? And we just we didn't want to have we didn't want to start that precedent, and we wanted to maintain the board. Uh, and so this day, it's just my partner and I, even though we've, again, we've raised about, about 1.1 million. And me, uh, I'm on the board now too. <laughs> we do have an advisory board. That's a totally different, uh, structure, but that works, uh, works great for us. <laughs> well, <laughs> I might've taken that money and taken him on the board. I don't care. Uh, you know, as long as I get controlling vote, I'm not, I don't know. I would have taken the money on that one, but so 
What are oh, your goals it now? It worked out well for us. Yeah, it worked out. That's right. So, what are your goals now? So now we actually, we just recently released our enterprise product, which uh, took us a long time to build. But now we're, you know, it used to be when we started Book Like a Boss, it was really for the solo entrepreneur, uh, for the individual, for the college kid, or someone who's looking for an easy to set up side hustle, uh, and for individuals, uh, you know, people selling services. Uh, back in, I think, 2020, 2020, we released our um, company plans, which was really for users that had, you know, two to 100 employees. Uh, but now we released our enterprise plan where we can handle. Um, uh, you know, a million of users. We actually just integrated with a company called Duda, which is uh, one of the top website building companies. And, you know, they have over a million active websites and we're easily integrated into all of them now. So enterprise is something that uh, uh, we recently launched and something we're going to be focused on. We found that there is a need in the market for companies, whether you're website builders or uh, anybody with a large sales team, or even the university where they're looking for, uh, you know, a system that can integrate into their current uh, system and be totally white labeled. Uh, and, and we actually, we fill that role really nicely and we don't know that too many others actually do it uh, and do it the way we do it. So it's exciting for us. Right. Well, it's an amazing story and a fantastic product. I'm, uh, I'm going to be challenged not to switch myself because it's got so many features that, I would want. You got to do it. You got to make the change. Yep. <laughs> well, you got the 14 day free trial too, without the credit card. And so that, that yells my Absolutely. name. Um, Absolutely. If you wanted my credit card, I probably wouldn't do it. But if you don't ask for my credit card, I'll play a 14 day free trial. That's uh yeah. We, we, we figure that people, once they try it, once they try it, they'll like it. And uh, you know, we have people that I remember there's one customer it was uh, before the holidays, and this was COVID time, and he uh, set up the site, and he, he set it up for virtual Santas that you could actually, you know, meet with a Santa for, you know, like an eight-minute call, and the guy made $30,000 in six weeks, and, you know, before he even paid us anything, he was already, you know, way profitable enough to pay us, you know, for, for 10 years in advance. Uh, so, you know, it's a powerful system does not cost a lot. And, uh, you know, it, the, the value that we give, uh, it, it is really second to none. How do you want us to get in touch? Find out more. Uh, best thing go to blab.co, B-L-A-B.co. Uh, that's the best place. You could, we also have a Facebook group with, uh, about six and a half thousand of our users that absolutely love us and are happy to help out. And me personally, you can find me on LinkedIn. You know, just look for uh, LinkedIn.com slash in slash Kligman. My last name, K-L-I-G-M-A-N. And uh, that's probably the best places. Does it allow for a VA to sign up for someone else and keep those two people different? And you know what I mean? That a lot of times a, a virtual assistant will sign up for their boss and you want to communicate right. with the virtual assistant, but your actual client is the boss, right? Is right. that possible? So what most people do is they, they'll have one sign in so the VA could sign in for their boss. And what we have is that you could add up to five emails for any booking you get. 
So if uh, so, if you put, if you're uh, booking someone, and you want your your boss or someone else on the team to get the confirmation email for any bookings, you could easily add that, uh, and that's worked uh, pretty well for people. That does make sense. Excellent. Thank you so much for being with us. It's a great story. Congratulations. Thank you, Jim. I really, really appreciate it. And we will be right back. Bye, bye, bye. We are back in again. Thank you so much for being with us today. Very excited to introduce another great guest. Please welcome Robert Lee to the show. He is the founder and is it co-founder or founder? I thought I saw, which is it? Founder. Let's just say owner. He is the owner of Lee six agency. They are a digital marketing platform and have all sorts of certifications. He's been doing this for about 15 years or so prior to that, he was in the audit public uh, project management space. So a lot better than audit. Robert, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing well, man. How about you? I am very well. So you are just around the corner from, uh, from where I am. We're almost neighbors. You're a Marietta based firm, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Out here on, uh, on the Northwest side of, of Metro Atlanta, OTP. And right. I think so you, that's you where all the are Braves up in Angel, right? are for all you non Atlanta people. That's, you know, for us, it's still <laughs> Atlanta, almost still downtown to hell with the Braves out there. So do you like the Braves out in Cobb County? Or are you a fan of that or not? You know, honestly, uh, I, I'm not a Braves fan, right? So having the team closer to Cobb County doesn't make much difference to me from a sporting perspective, but the battery was a fantastic development. And uh, they they really had the right vision to make what was a useless piece of land into something amazing. And it's it's done done wonders for for that part of Cobb County and in you know, Northwest Metro and uh, funny story about all of that because of that development, I scored a huge client. Uh, we, we do a lot of work in the political space and we ended up scoring a huge client that just for years has continued to be a, a gift that keeps on giving. So I have a reason to love the battery in that development because of just the offshoot of opportunities I've gotten from it that had absolutely nothing to do with with baseball or building development or anything like that but without going down that rabbit hole anybody that wants to go out there and enjoy a good day can do it regardless if you like baseball or not to me that sounds like a win it's a nice place just to hang out uh, especially when there's not a game exactly yeah. exactly tell us about your business yeah, so so the Leasex Agency, we're part of a family of companies that, that does marketing, uh, communication strategy, consulting. Uh, the agency specifically focuses on the digital space, and our mission is to help small businesses that can't afford to build a huge marketing department uh, solve problems about how to grow their business by connecting better with their customers. At the end of the day, whether it's business, whether it's personal relationships, whatever we do in life, it's about building human to human connections. We know how to do that for folks that are trying to build a better 
human connection with their customers, grow their business, and not break the bank doing it. And so we have a number of frameworks and methods that are used by large corporations all over the world and have proven successful time and time again to develop develop those relationships, make them deeper, make them more enriching for both the customer uh, that our clients serve and our clients themselves. So what is your typical client? You mentioned a lot of political clients. That's interesting, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, what does your typical client look like? Yeah, our typical Six client. Foot tall, uh, blonde hair, brunette. What do they look like? <laughs> they 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 tend to have some some bags under their eyes because they're small business entrepreneurs <laughs> where you are uh you're not only the business owner you're the employee you're the bookkeeper you're the house cleaner you're you're the uh, emotional support animal for for your employees if you if you have a few employees uh but you know these are these are people that know what they do they know how to do it well they know how to help make people's lives better, uh, but they're also a little overwhelmed with the fact that there aren't a lot of people there to help them make their life better. And so what we try to do is, is uh, re- relieve those backs under their eyes a little bit, help them breathe a little bit easier and help them answer the question, um, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to grow my business during great economic times and certain economic times? How am I going to, to grow my business? Uh, you know, again, entrepreneurs and just, we, we all tend to have this mindset of we've got to work 24 hours a day. We never take vacation. And that's the worst thing you can do, uh, for your own mental and personal health and, and, uh, vision for a good life. So, uh, these, these people tend to just look like, look like our neighbors, look like our friends. They, they get up, they go to work every day. Those are the people that we want to help because they're doing something good for their community. They're doing something great for their family and they're, they're doing something absolutely amazing for their customers. They're just a little overwhelmed by it all and we want to step in and help. Excellent. And so what are the typical services they need do they have a uh, an acceptable website or do you have to start over there have they done some marketing online before do they have a strategy uh how beginner are they so it, it a lot of them uh are beginner because they've never and i would say very beginner because they've never been taught to ask the right questions so in a lot of cases these companies will have a decent website uh, but it won't be optimized for lead generation. It's it's optimized to look pretty, right? And and that if it doesn't if it doesn't help them grow their business, then it's a digital paperweight. So we have to go through the process of educating them what assets there are. Uh, in most cases, uh, these folks have never been exposed to. Uh, developing a marketing strategy. They've they've been sold by services that say, hey, you need this beautiful website. We'll build you a website for $1,000. And then they build this website and it looks great. People tell them how beautiful it is in the phone networks. Uh, but they've never been, they've never understood how to make that, that website useful. They may have been sold uh, Google 
Google advertising and say, Hey, look, you need to, you need to be on Google and spend $500 a day. Uh, if you're a plumber to, to get the work that you need. Uh, but they've never been, been told why that's a useful investment. Uh, many of these folks know marketing. They, they know what it is. Uh, they probably have never been exposed to the the frameworks and the structures of a successful marketing plan, right? It's, it's kind of like the same reason uh, you and I would hire a plumber. We probably could go out and figure out how to uh, fix a leaky toilet. We probably know how to spot the problem, but we couldn't tell you the first thing about the inner workings of valves and, and, uh, you know, seals and bolts and why we use this versus that, uh, or an HVAC. We, we could tell you how a system works. We know the cool air comes out. Couldn't tell you the first thing how to fix it. That's, that's where, where most of these folks are. Right. Yep. So you, you and I hire a plumber and a HVAC tech to fix things in our house. That's kind of what we try to do. The way we try to treat folks, uh, with their marketing, right. We're coming in, to, to help them understand what's uh, what's not working and give them a, a plan of action that is comprehensive enough that they don't have to uh, spend more money or create more heartburn than they need to. Rob, what is the marketing trend of the day? The, the thing that's everyone's talking about right now, it might not necessarily be right, but everyone's trending on it. What is that? <laughs> It's, it's AI, man. It's, it's how are you going to use uh, generative AI and your business's marketing efforts? And there are probably thousands of different AI platforms out there. Uh, but the ones that everybody knows is ChatGPT for, for uh, copywriting and text writing and, and things like that. MidJourney for, for image generation. If you're scrolling through Facebook and you've used any of these platforms, you've probably got a few ads for how to create an avatar out of your own picture using AI, things like that. So that's that's going to be the new the the big trend that everybody uh, needs to understand within the next couple of years, uh, maybe even shorter than that. Uh, but that a lot of us marketers right now, the the ones that are truly investing in. Uh, building better marketing systems and plans. We're, we're investing a lot into understanding how to use these platforms effectively. And when you do, uh, anybody can reduce the amount of time that they take on their marketing by 10 times easily, easily. So, but, all right. But so much of what I'm seeing, there was a big article this last weekend that the AI product is just junk. You know, and the more you iterate it, the more it just turns into junk that it's that so far it ain't working. And you know, that maybe you can put one or two emails through that. It makes a little bit better, but deep down, well, you ain't going to be able to be as smart as Jennifer is. This isn't about being as smart as Jennifer is. I mean, anybody that actually understands how to use AI will tell you that it won't replace humans completely right what it will do is replace many of the strategy sessions and tasks that you have to go through and produce information in so case in point 
uh, when we, we have a simple little prompt that we give customers as a freebie on how to write a bio, right? You want to write a compelling bio for your next event where you have to stand up and you don't want to recite your resume. So we have three little pieces of information that you need to pump into this prompt. And then it spits out the bio and then you can go and edit that in any way that you want to. If we were to write that ourselves, easily 30, 45 minutes, and we're talking about getting through the writer's block where we're having to sit there and say, God, what, what, do, I, what do I write about myself? Well, using this prompt, this thing produces a bio that we can edit within five or 10 seconds, right? And then we spend the next, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes editing the bio that was produced for us. I try to help people understand that you shouldn't treat AI any way, any differently than you would treat uh, a person that you're teaching to do a job. You have to train it. You have to educate it. You have to give it better information. If you just sit somebody down at a table with a bunch of tools and say, here, go fix this, go, go fix this carburetor. And, and they've never looked at a carburetor before, if, if people still use those in, in an older vehicle, right? Uh, how, how are you going to expect somebody to fix that? You're not. You're going to have to educate them. It's the same thing with AI. Most people I've seen criticize the use of AI are expecting it to do everything, and they look at it as if it's Arnold Schwarzenegger from Terminator. When in reality, it's just a fancier lawnmower that, that requires you to, to turn on a few switches a little bit differently. And if, if you're happy using a fancier lawnmower to help mow your lawn faster, why would you not figure out how to use that tool? That's why I say that's the trend that people are focusing on right now. Uh, and the ones that truly get it, and there are, there are a lot of people out there that understand that, they're using AI to great effect. Do you fire anyone because of it? I have not fired anybody because of it yet. Uh, in fact, what I've done is I've actually built a, a better core of vendors because I've been treating a lot of my vendors how to use the frameworks and prompts that we use uh, using the AI prompts and tools that we use. And so I've actually made them better at their job when they when I hire them, but I'm also giving them things that they can use when they service other clients for any particular thing, whether that be copywriting or, uh, you know, CRM management or, or things like that. So, um, I've actually, I'm trying to use it in such a way that it helps prepare people I work with, not only to keep their job, but expand their opportunities. Rob, go back in time and tell us, why'd you start this business? How'd you start the business? Tell us the entrepreneurial history and start off with the ideation behind it. I don't want to be rude, but this is not the first digital agency out there. Um, tell me. Some no, it, 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 uh, it actually goes back to the, that political niche that we continue to serve to, to this day. So the, the reason why is. I hate working in somebody else's office where I'm punching in on their clock and I am dressing to their standards, right? I mean, I, I like wearing soccer shorts and t-shirts all day long and, and shoes being optional. So I get to work in an environment where, where I'm in control of those standards and you know, I'm a lot, lot happier and more comfortable for it, right? There's some folks that can work in that corporate environment and excel I was never a good corporate citizen, so I had to find a path where I could still pay the bills 
and and not uh, not not be locked down to some desk in a cubicle somewhere. Uh, and Rob, how that happened, Rob? Let me interject for just a second and mm-hmm. ask you a question. The thesis of this show is that anyone can be an entrepreneur. They should. Go copy someone else's idea, copy, borrow, steal. There's nothing wrong with that. Entrepreneurs have been doing that for thousands of years. Hilton mm-hmm. was not the first guy to think of a hotel, but he's still a famous entrepreneur. Uh, bootstrapping is by far better than borrowing money. Don't take as much risk as you can avoid. We hate risk. But most importantly, we don't really care about passion. We don't care what the product is as long as I get to decide whether I will wear golf shirts or shoes or not and whether I have to wear <laughs> shoes. We are entrepreneurs largely because we don't want to work for the man. And I will sell <laughs> anything if I don't have to work for the man. Where are you on my thought about entrepreneurial passion and where passion should be directed? I don't care what it is as long as I don't work for you. Uh, I mean, I think you have to believe in the product or service, right? So, uh, at the end of the day, passion. that's believing that I have a good product is not passion. Well, it, it, to me, the, the two can be inextricably linked. Uh, the way I think about it is it's easier to breed passion in yourself. If you look at something and it inspires you every human being, well, let me say this. I am of the type that I need to be inspired by what I do. I, for me, it isn't a matter of just going out and doing something, uh, just being an entrepreneur. To me, that's still that's still stuck in that same mindset of I'm going to go into an office and have to do something for the sake of doing something. Um, I, the reason I serve the niches that I do, and that being political niches and these small businesses uh, that uh, can't necessarily invest and spend a lot of money in their own marketing departments. They can't have a marketing director is because I understand the struggles of being a bootstrapped entrepreneur. And I hate that feeling of hopelessness sometimes where you sit back in your own desk and think, I'm completely screwed. It doesn't matter if you borrow money, don't borrow money. To me, it's more fulfilling for me to help individuals like that, that want to make a change in their community, that want to make a positive impact, that want to serve their customers. That level of passion, uh, it, it's it's my motivator, right? And I, and for me, money is a byproduct. The, the wealth of what I do is a byproduct of doing something that just genuinely makes me happy. And so that's the way that I approach it. Now that said, that's the beauty of of you know a, a market system like ours is there's plenty of individual room. There's room for individuals like you, like me to go out there and do what we do. And if we're both successful at it and we're both happy doing it, what, what's the point of, of, you know, arguing who's right or wrong about that question? Uh, to me, it, it's just about carving out your own space and going out there and, and doing it. And if, if I largely if makes, agree, Rob, let me interject. I largely agree. Sure. The reason we fight about it is because people are sitting on the sidelines saying, Once I discover my passion, I will. And then they're sitting on the sofa and never becoming an entrepreneur. And so that's who I really feel bad for is these people who want, but are living the societal rules and therefore are not acting. 
They're saying, well, when I get my great idea, when I get my lightning bolt, oh boy, am I going to go start something? Well, you don't need a lightning bolt. Just go start something. You know I mean? So my thing is I don't want people sitting on the sofa waiting for their passion to discover. Uh, a lot of times my passion starts two or three years after the business does. Sure. Anyway, sure. And, let's move and, on. We got to pay attention to the clock. Back to your history. Uh, we I, I cut you off even before we even got into that question five minutes ago. How'd you start the business? I'm yeah, so up. I'm on mute. <laughs> no, no problem, man. Uh, it's a great question to always answer because it's all part of that that why, right? But but how was in 2007? I was a program manager for an electronics manufacturing company. And uh, I was was going through the process of uh, helping companies uh, build electronic controls for home appliances. I think one of my programs was uh, tanning salon beds, right? Little little boop boop devices that you put the number into, and then there was a software inside. Uh, and the reason I did that was because I came from uh, this idea that I was going to be this next great politician. So I knew how to massage people's egos well enough to get them all moving in the same direction. And and that's because when I was 18, I, I uh, was just a know-it-all arrogant debater in college, and politics was a natural place for me to succeed in that. So anyways, I burned out of that, went to work for this company, and then I met these two school board candidates in Illinois who said hey, we're running for this big school board seat. We, we need some help. Uh, do you know any consultants that, that could help us out? And I said, hey, I can consult your campaign. Let's get this done. I'm a consultant. So I literally started it because I met people that had a problem that didn't know how to, how to solve that problem and kind of turned into a gunslinger and said, I can solve the problem for you. And then they ended up winning their elections. And so that's how I ended up starting my the first part of my marketing and consulting operation at almost almost seventeen years ago now. Uh, in January, it'll be seventeen years. Yeah, and, that's impressive, and from, Rob. That's really impressive until you realize that I have underwear that old too. You know, that, <laughs> so I bet you have some underwear that old. No, actually, don't. You don't wear God underwear. bless, God bless the internet. The beautiful, beautiful thing is, is that you find the most comfortable underwear that replaces everything else you have. Ah, so yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, um, one or two years ago, I asked my wife. I said, you know, honey, I want a, a complete sock regenesis. I want to throw out every sock I own and buy. 50 pair of identical black socks, you know, <laughs> so that they're all the effing same. And Christmas morning came and I opened up a bundle of socks. It was like 20 socks. I was like, I'm as happy as could be. And then yeah. 20 minutes later, I opened up my second gift. It was another bundle of socks. I was so happy. And then I realized they weren't the exact same sock. They were, you know, one was Hanes and one was, you know, sock co. It, they looked identical, but they weren't. And so, we took them all back and started over. I want them the same, damn it. <laughs> but you know how much easier my life is now? It's so much easier. I save Dude, two or three hours a day now by not having what, to think about my socks. What, what I tell you, what I'll tell you, what I'll suggest to you, get a pair of good rainbows, nice leather sandals, 
break them in. You wear them around, and then you don't even have to wear worry about socks. No, I'm a we live in Georgia guy. I like my socks. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, all right. I keep interrupting you. Uh, fascinating political niche. Uh, they probably pay better. They're probably less risky than most businesses, right? If they, I mean, they have to pay their debts. Uh, well, you would think so, but one of the, yeah, one of the things that, uh, you have to know how to operate a business in the political space. Otherwise you could get burned really, really fast. And, and that's because they will find ways to not pay people if they can get away with it. So, and, uh, when it comes to the campaign side of it, if you have any interest in doing that stuff, I would always recommend you lay out the budget up front. You tell people exactly what it is that you're going to be expected to be paid. And you make it pretty clear that you don't do any work without money in, in the bank account. Uh, it's the only way to, to protect yourself because otherwise candidates campaigns are notorious for slow playing, slow playing a payment until the campaign's over. And then if they lose say, you know, cry pottery. So, um, then if you start doing work for, for government agencies and, and government actors, then yeah, it, it definitely, uh, it definitely is a lot less risky because they have their own procedures and whatnot. So, but the other thing that to, to, it, it's, it's going to take a lot of investment of time and, and energy on, on your part, if you have any interest, because, you know, unlike lawyers, unlike accountants, unlike plumbers or electricians or, or a lot of other service-based businesses, anybody can stand up and say, Hey, I work in politics and I'll do this for you. And because people are notoriously cheap, oftentimes you get, get undercut by price. Uh, so you, you might not, you might not risk a lot of money, but you definitely risk a lot of time. And, and if you don't know how to make that time pay off, then you've lost opportunities for money elsewhere. What percent of your overall business is political and is it difficult because you have years where spending is less and then you have an election year and spending explodes? Does that affect your team? Or yeah. So, so in terms of, uh, political, it will vary. It, we, we kind of consider the business cycle, uh, a two year business cycle, right? So one year will be very light and short and, the next year will be very, uh, very, very aggressive. And I think in 2023, probably the, the, the rough share of business from the political space in, in my books was probably about five or 10%. Next year, it'll be about 40 or 50% at least. And we just work that into our, our projections and our budgeting and make sure that, that people we work with and our staff and our contractors are well versed in the frameworks that we use so that it doesn't necessarily matter when that revenue comes in as long as it's predictable and consistent and we know what we're doing uh we can we can manage that and not over invest at the wrong time and under invest in staff at the other at the other times and make sure that we're we're continuing to rock and roll and be able to help the people that are in front of us at that particular moment. So, uh, like any entrepreneur, like any other sort of, sort of small business owner or solopreneur, knowing what's coming and when it's coming 
is is the best way to make sure that you don't overextend yourself in, in slower periods and you know under under invest in in the the busy times great advice i used to run uh, a yearly business it only operated in the summer and then we outgrew that and eventually we operated year round but for us it was you know six months of planning and then mm-hmm. the summer would go really well and i thought for you the reason i did that was so that i could go back to architecture school and become an architect and down there at georgia tech and i was like, i'll start a summer business i didn't realize that if you worked really hard during the winter the summer was easy you know, mm-hmm. if you worked not so hard during the winter the summer exploded into a disaster so mm-hmm. i only did two years of school before i had to drop out anyway Robert, your story is an amazing one. I would love to hear some of your political inside stories someday, but we don't want to talk politics here because we don't want to offend half of the audience. We love all of our audience. 100%. How do we find out more about your agency, follow online, all that stuff, please? Yeah, if you go to uh, lesix.com, that's L E S. IX.com. You'll find links to our three uh, brands Uh, to learn more about the Leasix agency specifically. Go to Leasix, L-E-S-I-X.agency and where you'll see our uh, service offerings and how, how it is that we we help small businesses find their, their path to doubling their size with, uh, with, with good, just good relationship advice. That's the way that we like to phrase it. Awesome. Robert, thank you so much for being with us. Congratulations on the business. And I hope you uh, stay out of jail. I hope I do too. And I appreciate the encouragement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's Georgia politics. Look at how many people got indicted. Anyway, thanks a lot, Robert. And I uh, hope you'll come back. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We are out of time, but you know what we do. We come back tomorrow. Be safe, everyone. Take care. Have a great day. Go make a million dollars. Bye now.